but you all have made it a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. You have used the resources that God has given you to His glory, and you've made that a beautiful counseling center. Welcome to Biblical Counseling in Action. I'm Steve Byers, and this is a podcast that addresses questions like, how do these principles penetrate every facet of local church ministry? What does it look like when biblical counseling starts to impact the youth ministry, or our ladies' Bible studies, or our men's ministries, or the way leaders function together, or the way decisions are made in the church? And what does it look like in the lives of everyday church members who have been trained, or maybe who have been counseled, but now they're continuing to live out these principles in everyday life? That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to Biblical Counseling in Action. Today we're talking to my friend, Pastor Kike Torres, who has served as a senior pastor of Horizonte Church in Querétaro, Mexico for 11 years. The Lord's allowed Pastor Kike to lead his church to develop a robust counseling and training ministry. Their counseling training center is in the process of being certified by the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, which requires a, a significant amount of work. It's also one of the first centers that will be certified by ACBC outside of the United States. And of course, they're going to be providing counseling and training in Spanish by predominantly Spanish-speaking leaders. And so in many ways, this is an answer to prayer. Mm. It's an evidence of God's grace. We're so thankful that at ACBC's 45th anniversary, now to be at a place where we're seeing these kind of principles transformed in this way, it's just so very exciting to us. So Pastor Kike, thank you for taking the time to be with me Steve, today. thanks for having me. I'm honored just to be listening, like story being made, the fruit of this friendship. Yeah, it has been a great friendship, and I'm so thankful for you. Hey, I just want to start by asking, why was it important to you that biblical counseling become part of your church's ministry? For me, it was like a key element because... I wasn't being trained on it. I was in a church that teach me how to love the Bible and preach the Bible from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. But I was like a disabled to do it, like in the one-on-one person. So for me, as a first as a counselee, and then being with you, receive the training, and seeing a church having not a department of counseling, but counseling as part of the DNA yeah. was a game changer. Like for me, I, I just remember like seeing you. I just I remember like it was nine years ago, I think, or. I remember when I was in my first conference with you and I listened to your preaching and, and like, my countries need this. Like, mm. why I, I never heard about this before. It was a game changer to know that pastors can be trained on using the Bible and not referring just to the professional of the world, like cases on, on soccer or mental health or whatever. So, yeah, that was amazing. But that required a commitment from you because I've had the privilege of being in your church now several times. I've had the privilege of watching you preach, and of course, I can't understand when you're speaking in Spanish, and I can barely speak and understand in English, but I I can watch the looks of the faces of your church members, and I can see how engaged they are when you're preaching on the Lord's Day. But to take it, I mean, obviously, you could have said, okay, that's going to be my life, that's going to be my ministry, it's Mm -hmm. all going to be about preaching on Sunday. You could attract a large crowd of people, you could build a large church in that way, but you decided that wasn't enough. That wasn't your definition of pastoral ministry. Mm -hmm. It needed to be, or you wanted it to be, something more than just 
solid and effective preaching on the Lord's Day. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, but actually that, that was, I think, fruit of me being desperate of experiencing the, like, being a counseling process. For me, I didn't get to counseling, like, environments through academics or through wanting to grow in theology. For me, it was like a, like a counselee and that, like, Luis, that, you know, invite me to your conference as, hey, you need to know a crazy guy like you that... And seeing this in a church, not just in, in like through Zoom or Skype or online. So, and for me, it's like if, if the pastors needs that, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. how much the sheep? Uh-huh. So that's right. For me, it's not. It was not an, an a strategic move. It was like I want my people to know how you ha- can be loved by by a counselor, by a pastor, pastoral care, and exercising this one to each other in the Bible in a biblical way. So you came to the Biblical Counseling Training Conference in February in Lafayette. Was it eight or nine years ago? Yeah, I think it will be 2012, I think. And so that was a huge investment and sacrifice, too. You're coming from Mexico to Lafayette, Indiana in February, right? (laughs) I mean, how crazy is that? And yet you did it. Yeah, actually, that migration people in Chicago airport is like, hey, where are you coming? I'm like, I'm coming for a conference so you're a pastor, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. This isn't just crazy people and pastors come. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that that was a whole experience. Actually, I have my in my closet a set of clothes just for that <laughs> event. And so it was it was expensive to come to, to wow. Lafayette. And that's you know we're laughing about it, but that's true. Yep. That was a huge sacrifice on your part, on your church's part, mm-hmm. to invest in that kind of training in a different part of the world. But by God's grace, He allowed you to do it, didn't He? Yeah, I wasn't changed that for anything because that gave me like tasting, not just how faith runs like with a loving heart and with perfection, a conference for that many people, but to really know you and know your team and know like a church, having this biblical counseling thing as part of their DNA running day by day and how that impact the community. So for me, I have a lot of respect of faith and for your ministry because it was like, you can study this in seminary, yeah. but it will never be the same on walking, like at least once a year, like for a week. All the things that God gave you as, uh, as a stewardship, that's what's really encouraged. You can read that in books, but it will never be the same on tasting and walking and uh, like being part of the family once a year there in Lafayette. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think all of that points to the grace and the mercy of our God, who's made it very clear in His Word that He loves the nations, and He's drawing men and women to mm-hmm. Himself from every tribe, from every nation, every ethnicity, every everything. And you know, if you had told me in Bible college that I would ever have the privilege of meeting someone like you, that would have just never crossed my mind. And I thought I might have a privilege of serving as a pastor in the United States, but I just never contemplated international friendships. And, you know, when we planned the conference that year, we didn't know that you were going to be coming or others were going to be coming from other countries. And it just shows God's wondrous grace. And it shows that when Jesus said he was going to build his church, he was really serious about that. Mm -hmm. And he was really serious about fulfilling that promise around the world, wasn't he? And I... Really see God using like the body of Christ. Like I really have a lot of respects of uh, about ministries like yours on this kind of heart, on investing in the kingdom, not being this kind of franchise kind of brand, yep. but really having this kingdom mentality. That's uh, right. That really invests in other places that God is willing and God is like wanting and doing some stuff. So yeah, for me, it's like just building upon the shoulders of bigger men and bigger men than myself. You know, um, yeah. I, I wish that 
I could take every one of our listeners to your church. <laughs> I, I wish they could experience it. I wish they could see it. But could you help us understand the difference between what your church family would have been like prior to you receiving biblical counseling training, and how is it different today? As a re- You talked about getting these principles of the sufficiency of Scripture and progressive sanctification into the DNA of the Church. Mm -hmm. So can you describe for our listeners how have these principles made a difference church-wide? Yeah, sure. Like before, we have this kind of Bible preaching church. Mm -hmm. So even in our like first step, you know, New Believers program, we like excel the Bible, excel the expository preaching. But now after... Like so many years, so many years, like but that many years in like in training and a church being affected by it. Even in our new believer program, we mentioned the importance of this one to another and biblical counseling. Mm. So the new member of the church become aware of okay, this church is not like pastor center, it's like Bible center. Like so, mm. if the Bible tell us about the importance of loving, like bearing each other burdens. So that's I do as like. As you model to me, this once a month with new members now in COVID season through Zoom. Mm. And it's it's amazing the number of people that came to a church and decide Horizonte to be their church because they come through biblical counseling. So it's like when I mentioned about biblical counseling, they're like, yeah, I, I was in my session and my counselor mm. suggested me to walk with this. That was a, a whole different game because we just not saying people, hey, go to the Bible for answers. We're walking with them yeah. through the Bible with yeah. the, the answers. So for me, the way I see biblical counseling from the beginning was that's the other side of the coin on the public ministry of Jesus. The other side is the, the, the one-on-one ministry of Jesus. So mm-hmm. you can be a solid preacher, but if you don't equip your people to use the Bible to do the Bible with others, yeah. that will be a, a burden that you won't be able to have like that much time. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I've appreciated about you, Pastor Kike, is you're the kind of person, the kind of leader that if you become convinced that something is from Scripture that He wants you to do, you don't just talk about it, you act on it. And so you became convinced that it would help your church accomplish the Great Commission of making disciples by starting a counseling center in your church. I've had the privilege of being there. I've seen it. And it brought tears to my eyes. Mm. And I'm not an overly emotional person, as you know. I don't cry at the grand opening of a Walmart. But it brought tears to my eyes. Can you tell our listeners when you started the counseling ministry, and can you describe what that ministry is like today? Yeah, like, as I heard at the Lafayette conference, like, a biblical counseling can start, like, in a in a bench or in an That's office. Right. So we started like in church, but eventually we have this kind of like vision and God provide to have these containers in a really good price. So we, as you as you may remember, we built like these kind of Lego containers. <laughs> yeah, and just to help our listeners, in case you're not clear with what Pastor Kike is talking, he's talking about containers. He's talking about <laughs> shipping containers. And you may have heard that some people are building small houses out of these containers and all kinds of crazy things. They can be stacked one on top of another as a building. And so that is exactly what Pastor Kike and his church family did. You built a counseling center out of used shipping containers. Yep. Am I telling that story right? Nope, that, that's, okay. that, that's the truth. So, so, so keep going, my friend. <laughs> so we had with that like at least a 10 like counseling places or offices where the people can come free of charge. Uh, and you know how Latin American we are. Like, so th- we love free stuff. <laughs> so so people, when, when they have someone that 
like won't come to a church because it's it's a church, but they know that we offer like free help. They come, so we kind of like welcome them to these places, and they start like you know biblical counseling process. And you know after like the second or third session, they have as a homework to come on midweek service or mm-hmm. Sunday service, and eventually the whole family came. And that's the kind of the average story of so many people, like mostly in the COVID season. Like, yeah. as I told you before, 50% of the new uh, members of the church come through co- biblical counseling uh, on COVID. Like that, at least in Mexico, the health department invited me to a meeting on Zoom with the medical like department of the government. And they ask us, like, uh, hey, we have four problems that are exploding to us. Like, uh, you know, panic attacks, domestic violence, hmm. depression, and cutting and self-harm. They have, like, no way to help that many people that are asking for help. So they're asking, hey, what are you guys doing? So it has been amazing. We started a website called Consejero, that it's consular in in, in Spanish. This consejero.org that people can ask for a biblical counseling session, like, pre-online. So the problem is not open doors, but uh, that we have a waiting list for people that asking for help. And we're like training counselors as crazy to offer some basic help. So yeah, that's, that's where we are right now. And it's amazing to see God just being faithful to his plan. <laughs> well, and you know, something else I've appreciated about your church family is that you try to do everything in God's name with excellence. Hmm. And so, you know, somebody might be listening and think, shipping containers stacked on top of one another? I mean, how bad is that? But you all have made it a beautiful place. Hmm. You have used the resources that God has given you to His glory, and you've made that a beautiful counseling center. And one of the last times I was there, I think the paint was still wet. I mean, it had just been completed. And isn't it interesting in the sovereignty of God that, you know, when we first knew each other, neither one of us knew the word COVID, right? And as we're doing the training and helping the church family be prepared and walking some of those principles out in their own hearts and lives, who would have ever thought that Mm. we would have a worldwide pandemic that would open the hearts of so many men and women to, as we watched health crumble, we watched economics crumble, to look for a solid rock yep. and to be in a position as a church and counseling center to have those kind of answers that would point men and women to the solid rock of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What an incredible work of the Spirit of God. Yeah, sure. Like I see God using this COVID thing to humble us, really, like to put a, a stop, a pause in the world in so many things. It's crazy because the, you know, the Christian stats say that an, our church, we lost uh, about 30 to 50% of the church membership. Mm-hmm. But the thing that didn't consider is that God will provide new people that, That's right. that doesn't uh, want it to be comfortable in the church, but really are desperate for God. So, mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that nobody prepares us for Like, there's no teaching in seminary. No. Like, how to lead a church nope. in, a, in a pandemic era. Nope. So it, it's fun just to being able to see God in first row, first row like, doing what he wants on this crazy season. Yeah. So you came to the Counseling Training Conference in the U.S. You began to meet other leaders in the biblical counseling movement in the U.S. through the Biblical Counseling Coalition, and then you started your own conference in Corretoro. Can you tell our listeners about that and how it's going now? It had been a whole adventure because we worked with you guys like two or three years, uh, and you were so humbled, like, hey, 
We don't want to be like, you know, the top dogs. We want you guys to see us like a platform, like a, like a big brothers on this. So yeah, God, God bless us, good friends and leaders that love the kingdom of God and love Latin America and want to have a heart for invest in that. So our dream is to have this conference uh, that we have every year with 90% of Hispanic speaking teachers, like, you know, people from Latin America teaching Latin American context. Yeah. So we're working on it, but uh, like for now we have like at least four or five teachers and leaders come from the States every November to train. Last year was crazy because it was COVID year and we had around 900 people from 29 different countries. Was that in person? That was online. Online. Yeah, that beat the numbers in person. So yeah, it, w it was crazy having people from Bolivia, from Argentina, from like Hispanic missionaries in Australia hmm. getting trained in counseling through online. So, and people that obviously are, are not able to come to Mexico financially or wherever, but they are being trained on biblical counseling through through the mechanism that we learn from you guys. And it, it's tough, as we mentioned before, now that we're getting back to normal, if we can say, like the, the thing that COVID provide is uh, like broke every frontier hmm. on educational things. That includes biblical counseling. So, you know, it's fun to have like people from, I don't know, Bolivia email to us like, hey, thanks for the sessions. Uh, that really helped my ministry on that specific area. So yeah, it's it crazy. As you mentioned, like I never planned to start a thing that so fast because we have been like in the biblical movement, like eight, nine years, having so many impact in so many lives and churches that are now seeing like, hey, so there's a chance that God can do that in my country or in my city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an honor just to be there and seeing God's grace like move in, in the way that we have been seeing that on. The hope that I have is that there will be people that will be reached by the gospel through the people that we train in countries that we never visit. Right. And we will never meet these guys in person till mm -hmm. we go to heaven. Yeah. And they say like, hey, I get saved by a counselor that helped me in, I don't know, Paraguay or Uruguay or wherever. Mm. And that's just exciting to consider like yeah. we're working in a thing bigger than us or even bigger than a movement and as you teach me like uh biblical counseling is just another excuse to discipleship and that's that's, that's right. the business that we are doing well and you know we talked early on about how it was our desire to try to work ourselves out of a job as quickly as we could mm -hmm. because we really do believe that as god would raise up anchor churches in different cultures meaning it's a church that believes in the sufficiency of Scripture, believes in progressive sanctification, wants those doctrines to permeate every facet of local church life, then wants to make formal counseling available when it's needed in the church, and then makes formal counseling available in its community, and will begin training others to do that and allow others to come and see the process live in observation. That's what an anchor church is. But to be able to then watch the leaders in that church get to the place where they can start hosting conferences and teaching the material in their own language in a way that is so much more culturally appropriate than we ever could, that's really the secret sauce to all of this, isn't it? Yeah, you mentioned it. For example, uh, when I saw track two or track three, I don't remember, how you guys teach PTSD, mm -hmm. for us, it's a whole different sport. Yeah. Because you guys teach it in a way for military or ex-Marines. Right. like Marines or, And for us, it's like people that suffer from the narco traffic 
issues or right. kidnapped or, or being assaulted by drug cartels. It's great to have this grace to put context for each country or each culture where they suffer, like the symptoms are the same, but the approach and the connection, is, it's a whole different event. So to have that kind of transition to do biblical counseling training in the context of where we are, that has been a challenge, but like it's the same God, it's the same gospel, it's the same world. So it's just to put it in a way that connect with the local church, and it has been exciting to be part of that. Well, the biblical counseling movement is about 50 years old. It's been about 50 years since Jay published Competent to Counsel. It's been exciting mm. to see what's happened around the United States. It's certainly been exciting to watch what's happened in other countries. It's not like what we're talking about is the very first time this has ever occurred. That's not yeah. true. But I think it is fair to say that the Lord is doing some things in other countries and other cultures in raising up leaders in those cultures who have a real passion and gift for teaching it in their native tongue. Do you think it's likely that we're going to see in the next decade or two more Latin American leaders who are able to skillfully teach biblical counseling in their own language? We're praying for it, and we're working on it. Actually, we're in desperate need of it. Latin America is in this, I've seen this kind of pre-revival season. Oh, really? Latin America never have has a revival. Like, we have this kind of moments, but mm. we don't have what you have like three times, like this kind of really the nation going back to God. Mm. So we are seeing a kind of a pre-revival like movement of God, lifting of churches and leaders that preach the Bible and preach the gospel. So I hope because we are in, in war against, you know, these self-help techniques of the world offering to help people. And for us really to being able to, you know, stand up and being this kind of evidence that God is able and willing and powerful to help and to save and to really uh, restore and transform, it's a privilege. So yeah, we're praying. We have now, at least in my church, three pastors and leaders working on their certification with ACBC. Mm. I'm pursuing to pull another like three pastors in Mexico at least for next year. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, we're, we're working on, on having more voices equipped and certified on using the Bible in a Christ-exalting way to help others. So what kind of advice would you have for a pastor or a church member who is listening to this, who lives and ministers in a Latin America culture, and maybe they've never even heard about what we're talking about right now, they've never mm-hmm. heard about biblical counseling, they've never heard about soul care, they've never heard about or considered the possibility that the Bible really is sufficient, and the pastor or church members don't need secular thinking in order to address the problems of everyday living. So if they're just hearing about this for the first time, what advice would you give to them? What next steps should they take? I think it will be the idea of commit yourself to walk the walk, like not just read the books mm-hmm. or not just listen for the conference, but really commit yourself as a consulee, ask for help, like taste the blessing of being helped and learn from it, and as a fruit, you can do what God is calling you to you do in a faithful way. I have this fear, I think, or concern about so many of us that, like Latin American people, it's good to, you know, go to a conference, and now I am ready to write a book about it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, as a consulate, as being like eight years going to your conference in Lafayette, and like walk the walk as you know, in, in the two side of the, like, as a consulate and as a counselor, like, bring so much confidence 
to the teaching and to this process of learning teaching, mm -hmm. not just like in theory, but really this is what I've learned and what God is bringing fruit doing this in my last session. Like, so that brings some, yeah, I think like trust to the process. Yeah, like not just read the books or study about it, like commit yourself to walk the walk and like being humble to be a constantly put on under authority, do the homeworks. That's the best way to help others. Like not on, I read that this works. Yeah. <laughs> but this is works in my life and I really want to work in yours. And there really are no shortcuts to this. So you're right. It's not a matter of did I go to a conference or whatever. Although if someone's hearing about this for the first time and has no idea of what you're talking about, to attend one of these conferences either in their native country or in the U.S., wherever it might be, there's so many different training opportunities now. Yeah. But to start to get the training, to start to read some of the key books, but I think what you're talking about is very important. At some point, you got to start doing it. Yeah. And there's no shortcut that is provided just by seat time. In other words, time spent counseling people, time spent learning how to apply God's Word to everyday life, learning how to listen carefully to what's going on, learning how to get at issues of the heart, learning how to bring the truth of the gospel to bear, etc., etc. There's no shortcut for that. But what I have found many times is that when a man or a woman allows themselves to be used in that kind of a ministry with someone who's hurting, God blesses with either seeing that person come to Christ mm -hmm. or seeing that person who's already a Christian grow in a significant fashion. That sets your heart on fire. Yeah. Because you can say, I participated in Jesus Christ redeeming someone. Or I participated mm -hmm. in the Holy Spirit helping a believer take a solid step in their sanctification. And that's, I want to do that again. Yeah. I want to do that again. Yeah. I want to do that again. And as you said, the Holy Spirit can multitask. So maybe he did that with a counselee, but he's also drawing my heart closer to the Lord simultaneously. And all of a sudden, you're seeing discipleship in action. It's not just something that you're talking about, but you're actually seeing it in action. Yep. And then you just want to let that go. Yeah, it's crazy. And now even with pastors, I'm right now doing some counseling with pastors, and Steve is crazy how much I learn for That's pastors right. like 26 years in ministry that yep. are burnout or are in depression yep. or they almost broke their marriages. And for me, like I finished the session like with fear of the Lord. Like, <laughs> yeah. right? I know what you mean. I know. So, exactly so what like you mean. doing that is is a privilege. And another thing that I can like as a little advice for the listeners is like. Pursue, in this case, like this ACBC certification process. For me, I, I always say, like, you think you are good at what you do until a better guy watch you. Yeah. Um, so for me, working with Rob Green on your team as a supervisor, it was like, that was an operate, like, in so gracious, like, hey, Kike, why you ask this question? What do you choose that portion? What do you said, like, that homework? Mm -hmm. It was like an upgrade in my perspective of the way I was like doing counseling. So yeah, that like just adding some strengths to the process for, you know, just help you be more confident on that you're not your final authority on that you say that you are doing things well, but you put under authority of someone else or better that can help you become a more faithful counselor. So yeah. that thing that, that are things that it's good for the soul and for the process itself. And for the consulees, because they will have a more growing and mature consular. So that's like steps that maybe the people who are listening to us may consider to grow in a healthy and more confident way of 
using the scripture to help others. So ACBC certification was robust. It was hard, but you feel like it was worth it in your case? Yeah, for me, it was it worth every minute. Actually, I was talking to Juan Moncayo from Ecuador, and I was like, remember that with Rob, I had my most difficult, like, satanic case. Like, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was, I think Rob, like, passed me to the process because of this case. Like, <laughs> Rob said, like, if God helped Kike to get this through, he deserved to be an yeah. SCBC counselor. It was a, a case, like, from a lady kidnapped at the age of eight, and, like, sexually abused, and then she became like a bodyguard for big names in banking in Mexico and she suffered an attack like so like it was like so many like mm. layers yeah and that was I like I have the blessing to have that through my ACBC certification process so it was great just to report like hey I, now I know this and she did that homework and that helps and I, I remember Rob face on Skype or, or, or Zoom like like really yeah, right. <laughs> like right. this really happened. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. But 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 yeah, it, it was it was a blessing. And and it, it's tough. It's like you know it demands like time and work and hours. But I think I remember you and Luis like encouraged me like hey, finish the process. Like yep. finish the process. Yeah. And I was like because as a pastor like in more in Latin America you have a ministry already. You don't need more degrees or you right. don't need more certifications. Right. But it was really good to my soul and for a church. Even my, my leaders are like always uh, telling me like hey thank. Thanks for keep equipping yourself, like learning, because that market standard for them, like, hey, I not know all. I'm not the top dog on this. I need to learn more. And I'm need not to have a big head, but to be more equipped to love you guys. So, yeah. so yeah, that's the blessing. Well, and you know, I think even this conversation for me, and I believe for many others who will listen to this, is just part of the takeaway is to be amazed at the grace of God, to be amazed at the way he is helping men and women make disciples of every nation. Yep. And that's really what mm. you're talking about is the joy and the privilege of seeing people come to Christ, seeing the Word of God have a definite impact in the way they're changing. Mm. And just to eat the fruit of faithful discipleship yep. and to see that happen all around the world is just evidence of the marvelous grace of our God. So Pastor Kike, thank you so much for joining us and for being my friend being a co-worker and just sharing some of what God is doing in your church and to God be the glory great things he yeah. has done. Amen. Thanks for having me and thanks for your prayers and support for us. You can check out more about our ministry at faithlafayette.org or if you're interested in receiving biblical counseling training go to faithlafayette.org slash conferences. You can find these presentations wherever you normally access your podcasts and you could really help us just to get the word out by telling your friends on social media that these presentations are going to be available. Now, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast honors the Lord and is a blessing to you.